You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing our coverage of Nips Up. We're into season five, episode seven. Dr. Joshua Lee, um, directed and written by Brad Falchuk. Falchuk? I always say that wrong. Um, um, but he is our, pretty much a showrunner, I think. Uh, first came out on December the 11th, 2007. Um, and I am Nick, and uh, I don't date guys with grey pubes. And my name is Ben, and I've never been under the knife, except for when I had my dick shortened, of course. <laughs> yeah, this is a really quotable episode, this one. There's just so many good quotes that come out of it. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a funny episode. I'm sure that you've got uh, plenty to plenty to say about this one. It's It's an interesting one that, like, as we kind of alluded to last week, that... There's so much going on, and this feels like I'm being a hypocrite by, you know, complaining about this only a few weeks ago, but this is, to me, one of these ones where there's so much stuff going on that it works. It kind of, it just, I don't know, I really enjoy this episode. There's some extremely memorable things in this episode that, you know, I always remember happened in season five, and it's just, oh, it's that episode, and they kind of all happen. There's also, like, you know, maybe one particular section where I just think it's just ridiculous, um, which I don't maybe hate as much as I used to, but it still kind of is just a bit, you know, like, okay, what's the point of that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel we're going to have a lot of things to talk about in this episode around a lot of this stuff and, um, you know, moving some of these, um, character moments forward for, uh, this season. Cause I mean, we're essentially what now just over the quarter way of this season where generally this would kind of almost be the halfway point of a season of Nip Tuck. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, it is definitely time to move things along a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's pretty great to to kind of start to move, especially the, I think the Matt and Kimber storyline, and that's obviously one of the, the central ones for this episode. So it's um, it's kind of nice to start moving those things forwards um, because they were a little bit kind of not going anywhere. I think also the Eden stuff starts to move forwards pretty quickly in this episode as well, which is good. Um, as you say, I think there's some some tremendous scenes in this episode. Um, yeah, there's actually quite a few. So I, I say we just get straight into it and. Um, Boy, do we get straight into it with this kind of um, short and sex scene, which is pretty intense. It was one of those ones where, like, it just it kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, again, like I think I talked last time about um, the, the subtitles on this when you're watching it with the subtitles on, um, and I think there's been a bit of a change in this one because I, I normally watch them with the subtitles on, to kind of grab quotes and stuff. And um, I think I've got a slightly different one this time, where it's like it's descriptive. Of, as well, like it, it not only gives you the lines, but also descriptions of what's going on. And I love this one. It's like in brackets, it's like both panting, which is quite, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty kind of crazy from the start. And I did think this was a dream sequence because it just kind of starts out of nowhere. Um, and I was kind of waiting for Sean to wake up, but uh, no, he certainly doesn't. This is this is all. I mean, um, it's pretty graphic. It's all over the house. Um, and then basically it ends with, you know, she's off to go to a party and he's like, oh, I'll come. So, mm, no, nah, this is just a get it out of our system screw, as she says, and she doesn't date guys with grey pubes and she just likes screwing older men. And, yeah, he's kind of left wondering what the hell. It's very graphic. Um, it's very kind of confronting and, like, with the song and everything that's kind of happening there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just kind of... I, I like the way that this kind of just... It just jumps straight into it. You know, we've had them kissing last episode and here they are basically finally getting it on. And, um, you know, let's be honest, uh, this would be a great thing to interview Dylan, Dylan Walsh about. Like, hey, how fun was filming this scene? Um, because it looked like it would be quite fun. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of interesting just, you know, they sort of get it out of the system and then Sean's just basically like, oh, I'll come with you to, like, a DJ set. And then you kind of really do feel, I guess, like the age difference between the two and the way Eden's just like, yeah, no, this is just a get out of the system, screw, you know, bye. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I like the way that ultimately they get together and I, I kind of like the way that Sean will play off on this, you know, throughout this episode. Yeah, it is, it is really fun. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty good way to get us into this episode. Um, if you were just, if you were just walking in and be like, oh, okay, I'm back in that type for this week. Um, you certainly get thrown into it um, head first, so to speak. You know, it's just it's really intense right from the beginning, and, and that continues straight afterwards as we go uh, come out of the the opening credits and into we. You know, just um, Matt and Kimber have just come up front straight away. That you know they've been doing meth. It's just like wow. You know, Christian and and Sean are just you know obviously pissed off about the whole thing as you would be. Um, but basically, Kimber wants some work done so that she can model again, and Matt's going to be her her manager. It's all pretty unrealistic you know and and obviously these two guys are like no we don't want any part in this um so yeah it's it, it's pretty much I, I you know if, 
if you'd told me that this is how that these guys would find out about this, this isn't how I imagined it. I thought they might stumble in and you know find these guys using drugs or whatever. But this is kind of like a really weird way to to, to find out. I mean, I don't I don't dislike it at all. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, it's just kind of a surprising way to to kind of um, reveal this information. And if you ever want an episode that we can use the hashtag poor Matt, this is the episode. Um, I really think that. Uh, Everything about this episode screams hashtag poor Matt. And yeah, I, I, I really like the way they kind of, again, it's similar to what I just said about the Eden and Sean stuff, that they just get straight into it. It's like, boom, here it is. They've just told them and that's, that's it over and done with. And then kind of just the way that they react and I guess we're not expecting them to react that way, are we? We assume that Christian and Sean are going to be, you know, somewhat sympathetic and somehow find a way to help them, but nope. And just the way Christian, like, he's full on with Matt in this episode, isn't he? Just the way, um, I love, I love that line he says, was it, when he walks out and he's like, if you want surgery, go to Tijuana. If you want a job, Wendy's is hiring. Um, you know, just the way he's kind of so brutal. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, take the back door. That's where we take the trash. Um, which I guess kind of, you got to kind of understand because, I mean, he's maybe a little bit too brutal, at least, you know, I'm Sean understanding that, because we've talked about all these things that matters keeps going through and everything along those lines, but you've got to imagine that as parents, it's going to stretch your patience a little bit, you know, oh, I'm joining the Church of Scientology, oh, I'm dating a white supremacist, oh, I'm, you know, having sex with uh, my mum's life coach, you know, uh, you know, oh, me and my friend, uh, you know, accidentally run over somebody when we were stoned, you know, oh, I tried to chop my penis off. Uh, you know, it's kind of going to, like, add up. And as, you know, we talked about with John Hensley, there's still lots to come with what Matt does in the future. So, um, yeah, but I think it's it's just interesting that how this all leads with the Kimber stuff too. Um, and just, I have nothing but praise for John Hensley and Kelly Carlson, again, with their acting here. Whether you like this storyline or not, I just think that they're, they're really at their peak of their acting chops, really, with a lot of the stuff they've given here. And, um, yeah, I think it's just it's a great way to kind of get into this and essentially, you know, what's going to happen with the Kimber and Matt storyline. You know, we've, this is only really the third episode, isn't it? We've had this season. It's kind of a break in the middle before we get to each storyline, and I think it works personally because, yeah, as I said, I'm I'm a fan of kind of what ha- plays out with these two with this. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, I've been a little bit critical on this kind of drug storyline, but I, I do actually. I think that it's well played out here. I think that they they make the most out of, of what they've done with these two characters in the story. And so yeah, I mean I don't hate it as much as I potentially have some of the other stuff. Um, was it worth it to kind of you know go through all the stuff we did? Um, probably not. But um, yeah, I do like what we're getting here. Um, and yeah, we're obviously going to come back to that storyline. But these guys kind of walk out and find this patient, and they kind of like. You know, I, I do love the kind of opening line. They say, can we help you? And he says, God, I hope so. And, you know, he kind of has this, this alien implant in him, or so he's, so he's saying. And, yeah, like I, I was making the comparisons to the Agatha Rip story, you know, where she was getting the um, stigmata. And it's kind of this, this leap of faith that these guys don't really believe it. But, you know, this guy's going to pay them. So, yep, sure, they'll take this device out of him. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of all we get in the story now, but it's kind of setting that up. I like the actor that we've got playing this role. He kind of feels like a good fit for this particular story. The actor in question, Nicholas, is uh, Academy Award nominee George Coe, who sadly is no longer with us. Uh, he died in 2015, but uh, I'm reading here he was nominated for an Oscar in 1969 for Best Short Subject Live Action Subjects for Deduva the Dove. Uh, which he obviously didn't win. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's been around for a long time in terms of, obviously, sadly, until he passed away. Uh, very esteemed career with a lot of what he's been in. And, uh, you know, he's definitely got one of those things which you know he's been in things you've watched. But I like this storyline. It's going to be the opposite of the Agatha Rip stuff. Do you believe it? Do you not? Uh, because I guess I'm more into believing in aliens than I am in believing in Jesus. Strike me down now, old Lord and Saviour. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting storyline. And I kind of think that, you know, we, we go on about the uniqueness of their, their surgeries and everything along those lines. And, I mean, this is as unique as it get. I, I slightly question why they like, I know he kind of says, oh, I've researched and come to you because you do, uh, you know, unusual cases. Is this really plastic surgery, though? Like, they're just kind of removing a chip from him. So that's the only thing I've got a question about this. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of like this, and I, I just love the way this ends, this storyline. Because, again, of course, you're going to be questioning this guy as a bit of a kook. And I remember watching this for the first time, kind of where it all went, just, uh, you know, loving how it kind of has this twist at the end with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of these, you know, good old nip-tuck, kooky story lines when it comes to the uh, the patients. 
Yeah, and I think potentially we've missed that. We haven't had many of these in season five, and so I'm quite pleased to have it back. I think we've, um, you know, and understandably so, we've kind of stuck with the traditional kind of um, plastic surgery of, you know, facelifts and boob jobs because you, they're trying to kind of set the scene that this is mostly what happens in, in California. So I, I totally understand why we've done that, but it's nice to get back to something that's a little bit different. So, um, yeah, no, I, I actually really enjoy this stuff. Um, I think kind of the, the hokey kind of black and white scenes where these alien fingers are kind of all over them. That's a bit much for me, but yeah, sometimes you just need to have something that's a little bit hokey to sell it. So it's definitely not something that I'm getting too caught up in. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't find this annoying. It's not the most amazing thing I think I've ever seen either, but you know, I'm, I'm certainly not getting um, distracted by it. I think it's a nice fit for, for the show. Um, yeah, and, and anyway, we'll talk about it more as we kind of come forward. So I also like the line that, you know, that he's done the research on these guys and realised that they take on unusual cases. And I think that's nice because it, it does kind of highlight that these guys have a bit of a difference from maybe all the other plastic surgeons, which is nice. It kind of it kind of ties in why they might be getting some of these weird cases coming to them, um, that they've actually got a bit of a reputation for this kind of work, which is cool. Um, anyway, we, we move on and, and Sean is, you know, back on set and he walks past um, Bradley Cooper. I can't go for the life of me. I can't call him Adrian. He just, he's Bradley Cooper to me and I'm kind of walks past this trailer and gets invited in and Bradley Cooper, it's kind of this weirdish scene where he's got like the schoolgirl um, and then talks about, you know, he go, gets like colonics or whatever and goes to see this new age guru who makes him feel young. And um, yeah, this is obviously going to lead to, to um, Sean wants to get this work done. So he's more appealing to Eden, but um, yeah, <laughs> It's just a bit much for me when Bradley Cooper's kind of like stretching his legs out and he's, you know, these tiny little, um, undies. And yeah, it's, for me, it's, it's just a bit much. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny though as well. I love, I just think it's kind of funny. It just, there's nothing bad to me to say about Bradley Cooper in this show. And it's just, it's been so long since we've seen him really, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's kind of here he is again. But, um, I just actually, it's interesting to note that, uh, talking about, uh, Academy Award nominees, we've, we've said that Bradley Cooper's been nominated for Oscars. He's actually nominated for four Oscars. Can you believe that? Three as an actor, one as a producer. So, um, that, that's crazy to me that he's been nominated for that three? many. The ones yeah, so what were they? So Silver Linings Silver Playbook, Playbook. Um, The following year, he was then nominated for Actor in a Supporting Role for American Hustle. And then the following year, he was nominated... So three years in a row, he was nominated in acting oh. uh, for Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, American Sniper, to which he is also a producer, uh, which he would have won, obviously, if uh, that had won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, I'm not gonna, I need to confirm this. But, like, Leonardo DiCaprio was often regarded as, oh, he needs to win one. But I think he was only nominated three times before he ultimately won. So, Bradley Cooper, he's kind of the new Leonardo DiCaprio, can we point out there, that, you know, maybe he's deserving of an Oscar because he's been nominated for that many. So, uh, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just it's just fun. I mean, again, yeah. just, we can't always heap praise on Bradley Cooper, but I just absolutely love this man. Um, you know, just he's such a good actor and he's just, like, in real life, he just seems like such a nice guy and just... Yeah, I love Bradley Cooper. I have a bit of a man crush on Bradley Cooper. I'm not going to lie. Um, but uh, I kind of like, I love the little references that he has in this episode to like, we get this girl, uh, you know, what running out in her underwear and she was like, how old is she? Oh, 18, I think. Senior in high school means you're 18, right? And then later on, the way, like, kind of, he's talking about, like, um, the ages of girls. What does he say? Like, oh, what is she? Is she younger? Oh, I, I know somebody. We can sort that out with a birth certificate. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's so wrong, but it's just kind of so funny the way he's just so blasé about it. Um, but I, I, I love the bromance that him and Sean has, which hasn't really been explored until this episode. So, um, I just, I love all this stuff with, uh, with Bradley Cooper and Sean in this episode. I'm the same as you. I'm not calling him Aiden. It's just Bradley Cooper. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love it. And um, just 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 side note is that he is actually great in Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, it's one movie. of my kind of one of my yeah, I, lo- I love that movie. And I think he um, he got a bit shafted because wasn't he up against somebody for like like Daniel Day Lewis or something like that? That like, might have like been he the year one for Lincoln. Yeah, and um, you know it's kind of like Jennifer Lawrence. I'm kind of hit and miss with her, but I, I'm glad she won the Oscar for that. But you know, I'm with you. I'm a I'm a huge Silver Linings Playbook fan, and it's kind of it's funny now with that movie. Kind of now that the uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl this year, that uh, you know, kind of the subject matter of that. And to actually learn that uh, Bradley Cooper is an actual Eagles fan, because I don't know if you saw a lot of the um, the publicity around when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, there was like all these shots of Bradley Cooper celebrating and kind of being in the crowd and everything. So um, I actually would like to rewatch it just purely no, on, on cool. the real life stuff that's happened with that movie, 
this year. So, yeah, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. We need to do that on the Oz Network, I feel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we kind of move on from that scene. We're going to come back to that for sure. Um, but, yeah, we, Kimber turns up. She's still after the surgery um, and basically makes a, um, a deal with Christian that he'll do the surgery if she signs over custody of Jenna to Matt. Um, so it's just a nice little setup here, really, um, that, yeah, is, is obviously going to play off. And, and probably not how you're expecting it because what happens later in the episode um, you know, spoiler alert, she, she doesn't sign over that. Um, and, um, yeah, you kind of expect that, um, Christian being Christian, he doesn't like to be double cross and he doesn't like things that he thinks he deserves to not get them. Um, so you kind of expect that he'll be really pissed at Kimber, but he's kind of not. He's just like, oh, I'm just over this, Matt. You're just, I'm sick of you. But anyway, we'll get to that scene. Um, I do like some of the lines we get here about, you know, she kind of hugs him as he comes in and he wants him to do surgery and he's something about, you know, why would I even want to put my dick in that pussy or something? You know, like it's just it's, it's some pretty funny lines here at the start of the scene. And, Again, just nothing but praise for the fan, the fandom, and that's a weird sentence to say, of the, the Matt and uh, Kimber stuff this episode. And just, I, yeah, I love the way kind of, yeah, she automatically comes in and sort of, you know, comes on to him, like, I want you inside of me and stuff like that. Just, you know, what we're used to. And it's kind of, this may be, and I, again, I might be speaking out of turn because I can't necessarily remember too much in the second half when it comes to these two, but this might be sort of the only season where we really don't get a Kimber Christian sex scene. Uh, just to kind of put some spoilers out there. I think it might be. I can't remember. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of, it's interesting the way this has come about because, you know, we've always talked about the, the Kimber Christian sort of love, you know, sort of story, the will they, won't they stuff. And this is kind of a time where you really aren't feeling it between the two. Like, I think kind of the, the way they play this chemistry, they've got great chemistry, but you really don't want them to have sex at this moment. But, um, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting the way that kind of Kimber basically does this. You know, she's just very selfish thinking of herself. I'll break up with Matt and kind of ultimately what's going to happen. Um, and yeah, what's really interesting too is the way that obviously Christian, I guess ultimately is doing this to look out for Matt and you know, the way he says like, Oh, I'll take Jenna as well, which ultimately we know what's going to happen in this episode. But, um, and again, just kind of the makeup that they do with Kelly Carlson, you know, to kind of, like she said earlier on, didn't she, that I've aged 10 years. And, like, I don't want to say she's aged 10 years. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I think the way they kind of do her up as sort of like a, a drug addict who has overdone the makeup and kind of has overdone herself to make herself look normal, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's kind of... um it's it's very... I think it looks very realistic and everything. But, yeah, I have nothing but praise for all these scenes that we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, and I think that um we're in this... This is kind of like classic nip tuck that we've got, you know four or five episodes um you know that are that are kind of at the start of the scene which kind of set everything up which is which is cool it doesn't always feel like it's been that way in the last few episodes so it's nice to kind of get back to a bit more of a a standard way of telling the story but um we kind of go from that to the scene and um you know i, I did kind of talk about this in the last the end of the last episode that you know there's some great episode great scenes in this episode which i think we've already talked about <laughs> some it, of them and it's it, going to be preach, some more preach yeah. for me <laughs> but then I did, I did yes i did talk about that there are some absolute cow shit in this scene in this episode and, as well and, and, and can i interrupt um, really quickly a, i really want to interrupt really quickly because i forever have been on the page with you about this and i'm still gonna like yeah i do not like this stuff which you're about to get i've come around on it slightly but it's not like season four when we had that lip syncing stuff which i said i hated but i loved this stuff still irks me and this is the maybe the one moment which just takes me out of this episode because this had the potential to be such a, a memorable maybe top twenty episode of Nip Tuck if it wasn't for what we're about to see now. <laughs> yeah, so obviously we get this kind of um, Julia and Olivia, and we've been getting that there's a, little, a bit of tension going on between them, especially after the last episode, and um, they're kind of at this money machine and, and having a bit of a bicker um, to each other, and then they basically um, get pulled up by this guy who wants to. Um, carjack them and and you know ta and yeah so they basically get um taken by this guy and um he's going to kind of run them around town going to all the money machines um eventually they end he ends up pulling over next to uh, oh what the hell is it you know some lake getting them to strip down um and then he gets them to turn around and drives away um and yeah i mean um the Portia de Rossi, I mean, we talked about she's a good actress, but this is not her greatest work, where she's kind of oh, really? you know, like crying. I actually almost think this, oh, she's yeah, the not. star of this scene, the way she acts as a victim. That's, okay, interesting. 
yeah, no, I think it's just it's just too much for me. It's just kind of like the blubbering and carrying on as you know, the makeup's good. She looks, she does look like somebody who's beside herself. But yeah, for me, it's it's um it's just not something that I enjoy. I think it just it really takes me out of the moment. And you know, more or less, this is really getting us to the point where you know Julia's kind of the calm character in this. And more or less, what we're getting here is that she um is sick of this, you know, sick of being with this woman. And um at the end of the episode, it's going to drive her into Christian's arms. So that's kind of what we get through this whole thing. Um, I can't stand it. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think about the whole thing, so I'm, I'll hand over to you. Absolutely, as I said, I hated this with a passion, and it's kind of, I mean, it's still not something that I like. Um, and as I said, I think that this episode had potential to be a top 20, top 10 episode if it didn't have this, and I think this just really takes it away. Not to the extent where I'm going to bin this or probably rent it, just to kind of spoil it, but I just... Uh, like, you're right, it kind of serves as a purpose to make Julia really just kind of not want to be with her, but why? Because she's scared of the guys pointing a gun at her? Like... I mean, this is the type of situation that I think nobody knows what your person's going to react until you're in that situation. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's not something you hope you're ever going to be in. And is it fair to kind of, you know, judge a person because they're a blubbering mess and you're a, a strong person? Like, I honestly think that I'd probably be a liver in this situation. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, again, who knows until the situation? It's just, it's just random. It's just kind of like, uh um, and, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite though. I think, I think Portia de Rossi does a very good job at selling this incredibly panicked character. That's to me what I, I like about what she does. Jolly Richardson, I, I mentioned an episode ago about how I like her yelling and getting angry. There's a scene in this episode that I like her when she does this. I hate this bit where she's like, I can't do it already! Like, she's basically like saying, kill me. Like, why? She's not thinking of her kids. She's not thinking of her family. Like, okay, she's thinking about she gets out of it being with Eden, uh, Eden with Olivia. But, yeah, I just I just don't get it. And, like, this creepy guy who's just basically, you know, oh, take it off, use it on her, and all that sort of stuff. Like, you get no conclusion with this. It's not like we get him arrested a few episodes later. I think there's a big parallel, and I think you really need to note this, to what's going to happen at the end of this season and the beginning of season six when we get Teddy introduced. Now, I don't know if you really remember what happens around Teddy, but kind of the conclusion with her storyline with Sean and everything that's going to happen there. There's a similarity in some aspects of what kind of happens ultimately to the fate of her character with a little more onto the side of it, I think. But um, I think that's done so much better than what this is because this is just random. Again, this is one of these things which I think you alluded to. There's potential here for a good idea, but it's just kind of thrown in the mix. Like, let's have them be kidnapped, have some creepy guy who's, you know, going to force them to use a sex toy on each other as whatever and steal some money. And that ultimately leads to Julia going back to fuck Christian. I just, eh, yeah, I, I mean, I've come around on it a little bit more than I did. Like, if you spoke to me about this, you know, just a couple of years ago, I would just be on the haterade train. Um, but I think maybe my, my viewpoint on it is not as skewed just because... There's so much in this episode that I love that I'm willing to overlook this just as the one down point for a very solid, strong episode of Nip Tuck. Yeah, yeah, it's just annoying. Um, and it just feels like we could have... Because basically what we're telling is that we're basically trying to get across that Julia is sick of Olivia. That's really what we're getting to with the storyline. And um, I, I just wish we'd found a different way to tell this. I just, To me, this just feels like a... I, I don't even know what how to explain it. Like clunky. It's not. It's not like it's boring. Um, Would you have this just, today? Just, Do you think to interrupt? Because yeah. like I mean, it kind of is also like I'm not trying to pull this card here, but I mean, it is two women who are you know being overpowered by one man. I feel like this would be a completely different tale of this. Uh, you know, eleven years later, that it would be more of a case of women being strong. I don't know to play that card. I know it's not really viewed at that point, but I don't know. Like, I don't feel you would get this in 2018 based on, you know, kind of how the the lens of publicity is kind of turned into, you know, issues on that thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about it from that perspective. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just... I, I think there's there's just a better way we could have explained this. I think and yeah, so it, it's it's not for me. I've got to say, um, I think we could have found a better way of telling us. It just doesn't feel like it belongs. I suppose. Yeah, um, I agree. But I guess part of part of this is that you and I, I think, are both really struggling with the Julia Olivia stuff. It's just it's not really that interesting to us. Um, and so I think if you're invested in that storyline, if you're interested in it, then um, um, congratulations. I'm not sure how you are, but yeah, I, I'm. To me, it's it's just not something that I'm I'm really invested in. So it's it's easy for me to get bored pretty quickly, to be honest. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it is what it is. So uh, we, we'll, we'll move past it. I don't think we want to dwell too much on it. Um, well, we're, we're going to move past as far as we can because we're going to come back to it pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, um, we get into the, the Christian doing the surgery on Kimber scene, um, which I think is quite a, quite a nice little scene, really. And um, I've given the the, um, the music a lot of shit on the show that I just don't think it I think it's too on the nose and it doesn't fit. This music choice feels a bit better to me. Um, it feels like a, a you know like it fits a little bit better. Um, yeah, so I, I do really like this scene. It obviously leads into um, Christian getting the call, which is interesting that Christian gets called instead of Sean um, about Jul- from Julia. Um, he and um, and he heads on down there. Uh, was there anything you want to talk about around the surgery scene before I move on to, to Julia at the cop station? I I, th- I like the music that, that like that adds the emotional tone in this episode with the Matt and Kimber stuff. Like when we'll get that kind of scene coming up with her going to see Ram again and. I feel we might be divided on the closing scene. I don't know. I love it. Uh, that's my opinion, but I know I'm jumping well ahead. But I think the music this episode is actually quite strong. I think kind of the opening sex scene to what we're getting here and then, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add outside of the music, kind of what you're mentioning, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the music in this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so then we move into, you know, Julia and Olivia at the police station. Um, this police station looks incredibly shoddy. If you look at, like, the walls behind them that are, like, kind of, like, all jibbed up. And it's, it's a weird, like, it feels like this was just on some back lot in, in Hollywood that they just needed to find find us an office space. You know, this look, and, yeah, it's a crummy looking, um, set that they've got here. But, um, anyway, we kind of get to the point that, uh, you know, this cop wants to do a rape kit on, on both of them and, um, kind of talks through why and, He's not the most professional cop in the world. I'm not sure that's the best way you would approach that situation. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure that it really justifies Christian's reaction of, you know, go and get, you know, go and put your rape kit next to your donuts or whatever the hell he says. You know, it just feels like Christian really overreacts as well. I mean, you know, you'd want to be safe and, and you know, talk through this. And, yeah, nobody's really acting in the right way in this whole thing. Not uh, the best show for police, Nip Tuck. Um, can we just point that out? I don't think the... Uh the ability of police departments in uh, this uh, United States uh, in this uh, fictional world really lives up to what you want it to be. You know, good old days of Miami PD and uh, arresting people because of gerbils and, uh, you know, the carver and everything along those lines, not being able to find bodies eaten by alligators, not even a finger that might have been left behind or anything like that. Uh, right through here to uh, the LAPD, who apparently are so willing to force rape kits on poor women who have just been, you know, through an ordeal... Uh, I mean, look, okay, I understand it, but if this is a cop show and we know this person's been raped, obviously we're going to, you know, see it from a different perspective. But it's kind of like, why are they making this out to, like, you know, just shove it down, like, oh, we need a rape kit, that's what they say. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know if Ryan Murphy at this period in his life had anything against the police, because, uh, I mean, ultimately he's now just created 911, uh, which has a element on the police about it. But, um, yeah, not the police department in Nip Tuck, not a good look. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not something that, uh, that there's a strong thing um, in, in this story. Um, yeah, and you're right, the, the the cops always come off badly on this show. Um, yeah, I mean, we think of our favourite from season three. Um, I've already forgotten her name as well. I'm bad with names. Oh, Rona um, Mitra. Um, Kit. Yes, Kit. Kit, yes. Um, yeah, she was uh, not exactly a model police officer either. So, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a recurring theme on the show. Um, so yeah, then anyway, we move into the scene with, um, with Sean and Bradley Cooper getting, um, whatever this treatment is. It's, yeah, it's a bit, a bit much. The thing I wanted to point out is when they do kind of like the scene above them and they're both kind of lined with this, you know, kind of sheet across them. And I have to say that, uh, Dylan Walsh is, uh, is looking, um, pretty built out next to yeah. Bradley Cooper. And, you know, Bradley Cooper's a pretty built guy. So, um, well done, Dylan Walsh. I think you're, you're looking good in comparison there to, you know, one of the most, uh, you know, sought after men in Hollywood. I guess this is probably early Bradley Cooper, but um, even so, I still think it's um, it's interesting there. So, yeah, I mean, and Sean's kind of coming clean in the scene that, you know, it's not just about, um, you know, looking young. He wants to look young for a specific person. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think um, Aiden gives some, some kind of <laughs> pretty shit advice, really. I mean, I guess it, it, um, it, it kind of pays off later on. But, um, yeah, I think this is, this is just kind of like a bit of a kooky scene more than anything else. Yeah, I was thinking that too, actually. It's funny you mentioned that about kind of just this scene between these two that just thinking at this point in, in 
Bradley Cooper's career that he really, you know, he's probably on the high B list, I would say, at this point, you know what I mean? You know, him and Dylan Walsh maybe are kind of equals in terms of their status in Hollywood at this point, and here they are, like, yeah, absolutely, Dylan Walsh definitely holding his own in the uh, the body department uh, against Bradley Cooper, but ultimately, as we've just said, Bradley Cooper goes on to be nominated for four Academy Awards. Uh, so, you know, big, big switch up there, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a fun, kooky scene, you're absolutely right. Anything with Aiden on screen is fantastic. I really don't think there's any bad Aiden stuff at all whenever he's on screen. So, um, yeah, uh, not a whole lot to add. But, I mean, it's an interesting sort of treatment. I like this Indian guy who's basically, they're like, oh, tries $1,200 an hour without medical insurance. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, and then we kind of move into the uh, the Dr. Lee surgery, and this is where um, Sean finds out about Julia and, and that um, she called Christian, which is, you know, this is going to kind of start to set off a bit of a, um, the, the suspicions with Sean over the next couple of episodes, and this is kind of one of those early signs that, you know, he's his ears are pricked up, I guess, to the situation. So um, it, it's just kind of starting out, they kind of pull out this implant, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, you're probably going to like this scene more than me. I don't, I don't dislike it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just they pull out this, the, this implant and, you know, there's, it's a kind of microchip and it's got no signs on it and, um, they're all looking at it through the microscope and then it has this kind of jump and this kind of is never really, ex- oh no, it is explained because you get kind of Julia behind them, isn't it? As it kind of knocks on the window or yeah. whatever it is. And, but yeah, it's kind of like this, this kind of weird thing. I, I, you know, I'm not quite sure what we're supposed to supposed to take out of all of this if we're supposed to think there actually is something happening here it's that kind of ambiguity that nip tuck does pretty well i think yeah i mean i don't have a whole lot to add i think kind of you know your agatha rip comparisons are probably the the best thing with this that you know it's kind of what are you believing in what are you not and they kind of leave it open-ended i guess by the end don't they so i do like that line from liz though when they basically say about um you know they they leave and they're like oh you know send it off a test and liz is like send it off to where <laughs> Like, I, I felt like it'd be funny <laughs> yeah, yeah. if she had said some sort of line like, what, send it off to what, Mulder, the X-Files? I don't know, something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of just, yeah. it's, it's fun the way she says that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's good. And then we get into this, Julia wants a gun stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably quite topical, I guess, and, and today and, and talking about all that kind of stuff around gun control. Um, yeah, I don't want to get too political here. You know, it's, it's not something that, um, a Kiwi and an Aussie probably know a huge amount about, um, really, but this whole, kind of julia stuff um wanting a gun it's yeah it feels like something out of the simpsons when marge gets a gun doesn't it yeah i mean i think the difference is yeah like i agree with you i mean there's not there's not a whole lot here really i think i'm pretty sure this does come back later on there is a scene with julia and using this gun i think from memory um but like the the one thing that i actually watching this scene because we know how you know big a deal guns are in america it's very topical even right now as we're recording this but uh, we have a scene here between an Australian, uh, a British person, and one American, and it's the American who's basically talking away from the gun. Um, so, you know, the Australian and the and the Brit are the ones who are kind of teaming up with each other to get a gun. So, um, yeah, I mean, we get a nice flirting scene between Christian and Julia soon with the gun. I mean, you, you kind of need a good flirty scene with shooting. I mean, what's, so, what's not as sexy as shooting a gun? So, yeah, I don't really have much to add. It's... <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing I want to add is um, just a little bit of a design thing that we've got um, in in this whole, and it's, it's something I've actually been noticing for the last couple of episodes, and just keep forgetting to mention it. Is um, we we get this whole thing with Julia, and, and have you noticed she kind of like got this kind of almost like grey white bit at the front of her hair? She looks like Rogue out of X Men. It's <laughs> I, I kind of wonder why they did that. It's, it's it's kind of a strange look, and I'm not sure what was behind that. It's just yeah, I mean, there's nothing much to discuss there. It's just something that I put. I up haven't on. noticed it. I'll have to look out for it next time. Yeah, you will. Um, and yeah, then we move into the scene with um, with Kimber kind of watching her ex, ex porn videos and getting herself done up and stealing shit. And then she, you know, she runs into the arms of Ram. <laughs> Love that name. Um, yeah, I mean, this is I think a nice little montage. You know, we uh, possibly haven't had a good little montage in Nip Tuck for a couple of episodes. So yeah, this I think this is a good one. Um, I'm, I I assume you probably quite like this too. I kind of like the the black and white. I think that's quite cool as well. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back. I think the music plays really well. It's kind of that sweet sort of song talking about rabbit fur coats or whatever it is, um, which I'm seeing here is by somebody called Jenny Lewis. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of like it. Uh, again, just the way she looks disheveled but then kind of fixed up and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to add about it. I'm, I'm with you. It's been a while since we've kind of had one of these sort of montage things. I think it works. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always either really positive or critical on montages. This is one that definitely I think works. 
Um, and one thing I will say, I kind of mentioned about John Schneider a few episodes ago about here he is, you know, Jonathan Kent, it was weird for me to see. Once you kind of get over the fact that he's a porn producer, I think he does play this kind of role very well. And I always, I'd, I'd wonder if John Schneider deliberately took on this role, um, to kind of go the opposite. Cause I, I think like he was, wasn't he in the Dukes of Hazard or something from memory too? Like he's, you know, kind of known for playing that sort of good guy father figure. So for him to kind of take on a role as like a, you know, a porn producer, I think kind of, um, you know, is, is a bit of a, a difference to what we're kind of used to seeing him play. So, um, yeah, he plays a porn producer very well and, uh, you know, this scene, which, which is this a thing? I mean, again, I'm sure Nick, your, your days of working in porn, you'll be able to answer this for me, but like, does every porn producer automatically want to have sex with their actors? Like, I mean, it might seem like that on paper, but you know, from, I've interviewed porn stars. It's a very professional industry for the most part. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have any experience I can draw upon to answer that question. I'm afraid the New Zealand <laughs> porn industry isn't as paying as much as it used to. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, I'm I'm not sure I'm on this speed dial anyway. Um, yeah, and then we kind of we kind of move into we get back to Doctor Lee and he's there with um, his who we think at the time is his daughter. We've got no reason to to question that. Um, and that you know she says he's got Alzheimer's and it's the third time he's broken out of his home and. Um, and you know he's kind of saying they're lying. They'll do anything to stop me. My daughter's fat. This isn't my daughter. Um, and you know that that's the critical line here, isn't it? Um, and um, yeah, he basically gets led away, kicking and screaming. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to get one more scene here later. But this is, I think, the last time we're actually going to see see the man himself as as in the scene here. Which again, I I love because I mean, again, as you said, you've got no reason to doubt any of this. Like watching this for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, there that explains. This is kind of the twist that you always expect with one of these characters, isn't it? That you know like um th- this is a twist he's got alzheimer's okay that makes sense uh but ultimately it's going to kind of have a double twist later on so i i like it and kind of knowing what's going to happen it's fun to kind of see the interaction like with the daughter and those two burly sort of orderly standing there like a guard but i mean yes. my my favorite line is i love it when he's being dragged out he's like it's 2007 george bush is president the celtics are good again <laughs> like i kind of love that, <laughs> that he says. but um yeah it's it's funny yeah, no, it, it's um, well, it is funny, but it's also a little bit heartbreaking when you yeah. find out later that um, you know this this actually, yeah, it's a bit scary, really, and it's a shame they don't really follow up on this. It's kind of just a one episode thing, and then he's kind of gone. Um, so yeah, it's it's another one of those characters that's just left a bit unresolved, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and then we kind of get um, yeah, pretty 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 good stuff here, which is um, uh, Sean at this party of of Bradley Cooper's, and it's you know it's a pretty crazy party. Um, and, um, who should show up? But, uh, Eden, of course, is there. Um, I kind of like how the scene starts as well. It's kind of like this girl and she kind of walks into this, this party from behind. You know, that's, mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting way to kind of start the scene. Um, and, you know, Bradley Cooper's kind of talking about, you know, he's going to, going to give him some tips on, um, on, you know, how to, you know, if he wants Eden, this is how to go about it. Um, yeah. So it's, and, you know, we kind of get this whole thing of, you know, he's, he's playing this game with this other girl and eventually kind of the scene ends where, you know, she basically pushes this other girl away at the bar and and um and says oh do you want to go somewhere private and that's kind of where the scene cuts out and we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment but um yeah i mean um I'm not sure what you want to add to this other than i, I just want to say ian's looking pretty amazing um here with these oh. kind of devil horns and everything Poor old Sean having to fight over Eden and that other girl that she's he's with. She's pretty attractive too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fun scene. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, clearly all the parties I used to go to when I was younger, Nick. Just, uh, just, it just brought back memories. Um, but, um, you know, Bradley Cooper's hilarious. What the hell is he doing? He's like, oh, this is the debate team. He's like, oh, off you go. Why don't you go argue with someone or something? <laughs> like, he's just, you know, this very attractive Hollywood star who's just so lame when it comes to, like, talking up these girls and everything, just working on his looks alone. But my favourite thing about this whole thing is kind of when Sean is there playing whatever game he's playing, and he's got those glasses on and the devil horn, and he's just playing so, like, aloof and cool. I just, I don't know, I just kind of love the way Sean is at that point. And that ultimately, yeah, leads to Eden, what, you know, uh, what does he, what does she say? Step off Roxy to that other girl. So, um, yeah, it's a fun scene. It's, uh, you know, it's a good scene. I, I, I really do like it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is fun. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is that it cuts off. I would have quite liked it to continue, but I guess it, it builds attention a bit more to have this scene with um, Christian and, and Julia at the the shooting range in between. 
Um, this is the one where I actually really, really noticed the rogue haircut look is, is kind of, you know, because you do a lot of close-ups on her, her face and her forehead and everything, so you do kind of notice it a bit more. Um, um, yeah, I don't have a lot to add to the scene. It, it is what it is, really. Um, it, it's just kind of, to me, it just feels like a connection scene. There isn't a, a heap to talk into other than that we're kind of building this whole relationship between Julia and Christian. So, yeah, it's just, it just feels just like a bit of a stepping stone scene to me. I feel we're, we're just a little bit of Unchained Melody and a pottery wheel away from being ghost. So, um, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of these kind of flirty, lovey, what, what does he say, like, do you feel that or something like that feels good, doesn't it? Um, you know, by holding the gun. And like, it's kind of going back a bit to when um, we talk in that gun scene, the way Christian kind of brief little mention about the past when he said, like, oh, when I was attacked, I was all into the gun safety, which, you know, it's kind of one of these things that we never yeah, saw, but I guess yeah. you can kind of believe we're not going to be watching these characters every single day of the week, are we? So, I mean, you know, it's, it's I guess, believable that Christian would go out and do something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice. Again, we, we talked um, in the last episode about these kind of little Easter eggs, or not even really Easter eggs, but just like connective tissue that rewards the long-term viewers that, you know, you can kind of go back and you remember that from the start of Season 3. Um, yeah, so I think that that's quite nice that you have these these things that kind of connect the story together a little bit more and strengthen it. So, yeah, I do like little things like that. Um, yeah, so anyway, then we go back to the, the Sean and, um, and Eden, and this is this kind of crazy sex scene in front of this kind of red light. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty out there. Um, I mean, visually, it's... Oh, no, sorry, no, I'm missing the scene, aren't I? You're missing I, I, the Matt Kimber stuff head. first. Yeah, I thought you're jumping yeah, ahead of sorry, a pretty no, important I, I, scene. Yeah, no, I totally missed that. I apologise. Um, yeah, so obviously we kind of get, um, you know, Matt comes home and, and Kimber's packing up and she's going to go. And I, what I really like is, you know, she's deliberately been really, really mean to him. But, you know, every time it kind of cuts to you can only see her face and, and she's not facing him is that she's obviously struggling with this a little bit. But this isn't something that's, you know, she's putting on an act for him um, to a degree. And um, I, I quite like that. I think that that kind of humanises her a little bit more. So, yeah, no, I really like that. It's um, it's a it's a well-played scene. I don't know if this is one of the ones you're thinking as a potential top five. Um, I'm not sure I'd go that far, that far, but I think it is. It's well acted between these two. I think they really sell the moment really, really well. Um, and yeah, you really get Matt's desperation here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like it. It's well, very well done. This is yeah, one of the two that I think is in the conversation. But to me, it will be cancelled out probably by the scene at the end, which I think ultimately should maybe nearly be in the top five but we'll obviously discuss that when we get to it uh everything about this scene is just great i mean it's just the acting just so good and just as you said kind of i love that i'm with you the look on kimber's face where we know she's struggling with this but she's deliberately being mean you know it's it's reminiscent of um ava kind of being told by christian and that to leave matt alone you know we know ultimately she probably doesn't really want to do that Um, and I think the difference is that, uh, you know, slight spoiler alert here is that the Ava Matt stuff will kind of come back again and kind of based on that scene, whereas this stuff really kind of, this is ultimately the end of Kimber and Matt really. So, um, yeah, and I just, I kind of like how this happens and just the desperation of Matt, like, as I said, hashtag Paul Matt, like, I think you just feel so sorry for Matt in this episode. I remember watching this for the first time and I'll tell you my feelings when we got to the last scene, but just like, wow, like... What a kick in the teeth this is for Matt because all the things that we say about a lot of the stuff where like, yeah, hashtag poor Matt, but you kind of got to put him to blame for some of what he does. You know, really moving forward, there's limited stuff that's really out of his control and this maybe is the most out of his control that really he is. Like, okay, he got into the drugs with Kimber. Like, but, you know, just everything that's going to happen from this point, like, holy crap. Like, what you got to feel so bad for this guy. But, um... Just that line when she's like, I never loved you, Matt. And just ultimately, you know, know, we can't completely defend Matt. He does slap her. Um, But it's still just his reaction to slapping her and everything along those lines. So, um, yeah, such a confronting scene. And again, as I said, like, to me, it should be in the conversation with the top five. I feel that, though, if we're going to, you know, cancel it out with a scene that's going to come to this episode, really. So... Um, yeah, I mean, just maybe remember it if we do struggle, which I don't think we will struggle for top five, because as I said a few weeks ago, I think this is going to be a season where your top five is going to be made up with these kind of like over the top scenes that are always remembered for this season for, for bad or good reasons. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, thanks for for bringing up and reminding me the um, about the slapping thing because I think that that's quite an important part of that as well. That yeah, it's quite this thing just feels quite brutal and it feels like you know these drugs have really turned Matt into somebody he's not. So I think it's um, it, it's very well acted by John Hensley. I think we need to stop and give him credit for that as well. Um, I think the other thing that's really important about the scene is that um, you know he kind of asked that you know where's Jenna and I should, you know, Jenna will be staying with yeah. um, you know. Daycare. So, you know, that's where we find out that she's not intending to, um, you know, to, to kind of um, keep her end of the bargain with, with Sean. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of important information dropped here too. So, yeah, we're definitely uh, not done with Matt uh, in this episode. So looking forward to kind of closing out that discussion in a moment. But, uh, yes, then we get back to the scene that I was already starting to talk about, which is the um, the Sean and Eden sex scene where it's, you know, in the, in the bright red lights and it's all very funkily shot and yeah i i think it's a it's a very fun scene to watch um for lots of reasons but um yeah no it is, it is a really good, good scene um and yeah it obviously ends in, in, in a slightly comedic way i mean i never thought that sean was in any kind of serious health issues here um you know we find out that you know he it was an adverse reaction to some ecstasy that he's taken and we kind of have some fun scenes here where he kind of confesses to what's going on with him and eden and um in the hospital and you know like christian's completely non-judgmental and you know this kind of like he says you know the line says something about i know all about young pussy or something like that and sean kind of laughed yeah, I think it, it 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 is all it, it's um it's really fun and you know Julie is kind of disgusted by the whole thing, but um yeah, I, I just find the whole thing pretty fun to be honest. One thing I definitely want to talk about this because uh, like I it's it is a fun scene. One thing I just want to quickly backtrack, which I've just discovered, back at the party when Eden kind of walks in, she's with a girl uh who is listed on IMDb as Eden's hot friend. I've just discovered here, played by Tiffany Michelle, which that name's not really going to scream out to anybody out there, but there's uh, sort of a show that kind of based off reality TV Survivor with some Amazing Race coverage. She apparently actually competed on a season of The Amazing Race, this Tiffany Michelle. She finished sixth uh, on the 2009 season, um, which I couldn't tell you what season that was. But uh, there you go. There's just a little random thing for our Amazing Race fans out there. Uh, the 15th season of The Amazing Race. There you go. She was in sixth place with whoever she was with. But, uh, yes, uh, the sex scene is fun. It's great, of course, for many reasons, as you said. But what I really like is kind of this is really an episode of just getting things out of the way and not, you know, expecting them how they're going to be. Because, you know, we had that with the sex scene at the beginning between Sean and uh, Eden. Then ultimately with Matt and Kimber, the way they kind of reveal to Sean and Christian about their drug addiction, you're probably expecting it to be dragged out a little bit longer or maybe being caught or something like that. And then I feel like with the Eden and Sean stuff, you're feeling like this is going to be like a thing, like they're going to get caught or it's going to be, you know, revealed. It's a big plot twist. But it just kind of gets out of the way with. It's kind of, it's unique the way that Sean just straight away admits to it. Um, and it, yeah, I, I just kind of like the way they do that. And I, yeah, I absolutely love that little moment there between Sean and Christian, the way, yeah, Sean's like, oh, you know, I know the spiritual benefits of young pussy. And then just the way that Sean's like, yeah, you have. And they kind of have a bit of a laugh. Um, I just kind of like that moment between the two, but, um, yeah, I, I love this reveal. It's just, it's just not what you're expecting. And I think kind of that's what this episode does well with these reveals to characters. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I, yeah, I, I would really agree with you there that it is, um, it's really refreshing that we, we kind of get something a little bit different here, um, in the way that we're kind of revealing information, um, which is fun for me because I think that, you know, a lot of season one to four is that you had some really great acting scenes and then you would have these big, you know, revelatory moments and they were kind of, um, you know, the kind of standout moments and we're going to have to think a little bit more about, you know those big moments because they're, they're being told in a different way here and this isn't the last time i think we're going to be talking about this again in the next episode so um yeah we can definitely kind of bookmark that and come back to this conversation um in the next episode too i think which which is fun yeah um yeah it's nice that these guys are thinking of different ways to do it so yep no i um I really enjoy this. Um, then we move into the next thing, which is um, Julian confronting Eden um, and, you know, basically unloading on her to stay away from Sean. Um, another good scene. I think it's well done. I think um, the bit that I most enjoy about this scene is Eden's reaction when she kind of gets grabbed by Julia. That um, It's kind of like quite a visceral look on her face, and I think that that's... I, I enjoy that we're kind of getting different sides of Eden, that, you know, it's not just played as this kind of smarmy kid that she... Um, she yeah, she can actually... Um, you know, produce a whole different array of emotions, which which is great. I you know, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, every time Eden's on screen, I'm just I, I'm kind of mesmerised. I think she's really, really good in this role. It's um, it's a hell of a lot of fun to me. 
Yeah, I love this scene, and this is going back to what I was saying about Jolly Richardson. I think she just shines in this scene with her acting, kind of the yelling. I don't know. I just, I just love her in this scene, and same, yeah, absolutely, uh, with Eden as well, uh, with Annalie McCord. So nothing but praise for this scene. It's great. Um, you just really feel that kind of, you know, tension, and just the way Julie kind of goes off at her, and it's kind of the way it's built up to it. Just. I just love it. You know, it's kind of an episode ago we had her sort of crying about, like, oh, I don't know why she doesn't like me, and now she's just obviously lost it. So, um, yeah, and I agree. The stuff with the way, um, you know, Annalie McCord obviously reacts to her. She's been grabbed and everything. It's great. This is a great scene. Yeah, no, it's cool. And um, then we move into the scene of the two doctors in the in the break room. Again, we you know, the uh, the good old McNamara and Troy uh, reception team have just let this woman wander on in. Um, and she is, you know, she's the real daughter of um, of our doctor. And, um, you know, she's fat, which, you know, is the, it goes back to that line. He says, my daughter's fat. So that's how we know it's her. Um, it's a glandular condition, though. Um, <laughs> I bet Christian says and, that. Did say she was fat. It's a glandular condition. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, it's quite funny. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is just, this is just a closing off. Um, I guess this is probably one of the two things I have against this episode is that I think we don't really get a good resolution to the main patient of the episode is that this is, this is it. We just kind of get this thing and they kind of look at each other and then that's it. We move on, which is a little bit disappointing because I think we got good setup and we didn't really get good payoff, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see your point. I'm not going to disagree with it. I still enjoy it though. I just kind of like the twist twist that I said, like kind of the double twist. And I always had this weird memory that there was a scene where we saw, like, uh, the guy sort of in a car with his fake daughter. I don't know why I had a memory of that. Maybe there's a similar episode or something like that with it that I saw that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of like the way this. Maybe, maybe. I, I just kind of like the way they play into this, you know, and the fact that he's left open ended. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, what do you believe? Because I guess we kind of had that too, didn't we, with, um, the, the Agatha Rip episode as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Um, it's, yeah, just a little bit disappointing. And, uh, you know, I think at least with Agatha Rip is that we kind of got a little bit of, um, you know, we, we did get that closure to that story, I think, a lot better than we get here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal, but it, it is just a shame that we, we don't really get a resolution. Um, it's not the main point of this episode, so it's not something to get too caught up in. Um, yeah, and, and then we move into what I actually think is a really, really good scene. Um, again, it's one I would probably put on the outside of the top five, but only just because I think this is just this kind of raw anger um, that I really enjoy in this scene where kind of Matt turns up and, you know, he kind of reveals that um, Kimber's taken taken Jenna with him and, you know, is, is um, Christian going to help him? And Christian just kind of like throws his coffee at him and kind of like drags him out. It's, it's awesome. I just, I love the kind of raw kind of, yeah, energy that you kind of get in this and kind of basically just tells him until he sorts his shit out that he's an orphan. And, you know, it's, it's a really powerful scene. I, I just, uh, yeah, I do really enjoy it. Um, it. It's really quick and there's not much to it, but um, I think what we get, it's very, very well delivered. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you say. I think it's just powerful and just the way kind of, you know, Christian's finally had it to the point where it's just, yeah, as you said, basically said, you're an orphan now and just the desperation and John Hensley, the way he kind of approaches him and just everything about it, it's just, it's just so great. And it's kind of, I, I feel it's not where you expect it's going to go either because like as soon as he says something about like, oh, she took Jenna, you know, you're kind of obviously expecting Christian to maybe be like, well, hang on a minute. No, this is not the deal I made, but he ultimately is just like going off at him and just like, you know, grow up, you weaselly little shit or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's extremely, extremely powerful. Yes, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, I quite like that it's, it's quick. You know, we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on this. It's just this really great scene kind of explodes out of nowhere. And then we kind of, and you know, I think, um, you know, when, um, Julian doing this stuff, he has a lot of fun with this kind of this raw anger. He, it's not something he, he pulls out a lot because it's not really who the character is. He's quite a, you know, he's a smarmy kind of cool, calm, collected guy. But when he does pull out the anger, it's really effective. So yeah, I mean, it, it's great fun to me. But, uh, what I do like about this too is that we kind of get this, um, this great transition where you kind of like the, the this kind of scene ends with the lift doors closing and then we just immediately snap into the next one, which is um, Julia banging on the door. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but, you know, Julia kind of banging on Christian's door um, and it's just kind of all as one scene almost. Like, there mm. isn't really a change in scene at all. It's just one door goes into the next door. It's quite a, a clever little way of doing it. Um, and, yeah, then we get this kind of, it's a pretty quick scene where kind of Julia comes in and is Sean there and, you know, I want you, make love to me, blah, 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 which, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the way this is delivered. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's mercifully short, I would say. 
Yeah, and um, what I really like is kind of how it's quick, mostly short, and then you kind of just you start to hear the the piano of Total Eclipse of the Heart when we get to this final scene. So it's interesting to kind of hear what you're going to be your uh, viewpoints is going to be on this final scene when I'm going to sort of try and talk it up for a top five. But I mean, it kind of you might even be able to connect all three of these closing scenes as one in some aspects because they are so quick fire and kind of almost all connected to each other. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, though, because I think, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you could be right, actually. I didn't really think about it, but obviously this is kind of, it's, you know, it's a scene where kind of Christians, it, yeah, actually, that's a really good point you've made, because I think yeah, Christian's kind of saying, yeah, you know, until you sort your shit out, you're an orphan. And then we get his two parents reconnecting, you know, after 20 years apart, basically, while he's while his life's kind of falling to pieces in this final scene. Um, yeah, it's actually a really good observation. Um, and um, I, I won't keep you in suspense any longer. I love this final scene. I oh, think it's God. really, really good. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I was so worried you were going to hate this. Yeah, I don't know how you could hate it. I think it it is really oh, good. I think brilliant. um it, yeah, yeah, it is it, it's great and I think it's kind of it just um I like how it just ramps up ramps up it kind of starts with him. You know, you don't really I don't think you expect this to end the way it does no. does really. You know, like he kind of gets a little bit burnt and you're like, "Oh shit, that's not good because it's going to be a chemical burn. That's not great at all." And then, you know, things start catching on fire and all of a sudden he's completely on fire and what I really love about it is a kind of smash ending, how it just like you you're just building to that kind of chorus of the song, then he falls in the pool and it's smack. You know, that's the end of the song. I think that it's that kind of smash ending is really really good and it it's um probably the first time in the season that I'm like a cliffhanger and you want to get back to what happens in the next episode so it's taken a while but we've got a really really good ending to this this episode so um yeah i everything about this is a lot of fun um we probably haven't had this kind of um musical ending um to to an episode for a little while um so yeah i mean i I do really enjoy it it's um it's just well played and yeah john hensley is uh, knocking it out of the park in these scenes i think i yeah i absolutely love it and to me this is yeah, I don't want to say an absolute lock for a top five, but I definitely think this has got to be really in the conversation because it's just in terms of also Matt as a character and kind of big moments this season, it is one you definitely remember. You always remember the scene when Matt ultimately catches on fire without trying to make it sound funny. But I watched, I remember watching this again, like first time, similar to you, did not expect it to go the way it did. And I just, I was in absolute shock the way it kind of happened. And then I, I, I thought he was dead. I thought, wow, they've just killed Matt off. Like I honestly thought they'd killed him off. Um, and just, yeah, it's, it's powerful and the song, like, yeah, the way he crashes into the pool and the music just stops. And I mean, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a big 80s music fan, Total Clips of the Heart, Bonnie Tyler, it's an amazing song and I think it kind of really adds to the, the mood of this. Like, you know, I know you've kind of talked about the music and kind of being a bit on the, the nose in some of these things. I think surely you've got to agree that this song is really effective in this scene and, um, just the oh, way it's, you know, it's, it is really good. Yeah, and I I think that it's um yeah I think it's probably um been a little bit um you know I'm I'm not being true to my earlier comments about you know that things all feel very on the nose but um yeah I mean I, I just didn't really feel that this was on the nose with this this song choice it just kind of felt like it matched the scene um yeah. which is good I mean that's what music should do it should it shouldn't hit you over the head that this music is related to what's happening on the screen it should you know you should really think about that afterwards which is exactly what I'm doing here so yeah I think it's kind of it's perfect really that's it, cool yeah it goes it, like you kind of mentioned it's been a while since we've kind of had a closing like this and to me this this is very similar to like what we had in the earlier days like when I said like you know season one you know wild world automatically reminds me uh you know of the megan suicide scene you know when we had uh what was it art garfunkel or some garfunkel what is that all i know song at the end of season two which will come back at the the actual finale you know when we get um uh what is it the rolling stones uh can't get what you want uh when it comes to julia you know dying on the table and things like that like there's just these songs that instantly remind me and bring me to nip tuck you know uh escobar you hear cars by gary newman and straight away you're taken into nip tuck obsession last season taken to that just it's just one of these songs that straight away take me to a scene of nip tuck and i just think it works so well and um it's yeah as you said it's kind of the first time we've really had like an actual actual cliffhanger um, and I just, yeah, it just works so goddamn well. And I, I feel I will, like, I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me at all, but I feel I'll fight very hard for this to be in our top five at the end of this season. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, 
It's, it's slightly concerning that we're talking about episode seven here, and this is really the first time we've had this conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this is going to be much of an argument. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I, I think that this is definitely um, going to be an easy one to lock in. And um, I'd be stoked about that. It'd be nice to have a Matt scene in there because I'm not sure we've got a whole heap um, of Matt scenes in our top five selections so far. Uh, yeah, I think we had, what, the shaving head scene from season three. Did we, his reveal to Julia that he wasn't, uh, Sean's son wasn't in season two was, yeah, I think you're right. It may only be the shaving. I feel there's another one in there somewhere that we're just not remembering, but, uh, definitely the shaving head one's definitely in there. I know that. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, it, it's really good because this is one that doesn't require a lot of dialogue as well, which is, um, you know, is always nice that you've got one guy in a room kind of playing out the scene and, and doing it really well. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's an easy one to kind of include in, in that selection when we get there. But um, I hope that the rest of the season is so good that um, we might have to push this out. That, that's my that's my hope. I Yeah, look, as I keep saying with the top five of this one, it's, it's more of a case that there's going to be big over-the-top scenes that will make it. I mean, again, I could be wrong. There could be some subtle ones that you and I both agree with that kind of will come back. But... Um, you know, I can think of off the top of my head at least three scenes that to me should be in there just because they're that memorable from this season in general. But again, I could be completely wrong. Yes, yeah, well, we, sh- we shall see as we go forwards, I suppose. But um, I suppose it just leaves us to, to rate our episode. So um, I'll hand over to you first to, to tell me where, you, where you're taking this one. Well, it's definitely a buy it, absolutely to me, even though we've kind of had that dog pile of a scene earlier on. But I think kind of the, the uniqueness of this episode with such good stuff that we've got ending is it's similar to what we talked about a few weeks ago with the pooping in the pool scene. So much is happening that you kind of forget it even happened. So to me, you kind of get to the end of this episode and you've completely forgotten that this is the episode where, you know, Julia and Olivia were kidnapped. So that to me is the powerfulness of this scene and what, it, you know, jumps it up. So I'm definitely buying it. And on my overall ranking, um, I said that, you know, if it didn't have that sort of scene in it it might be a top 20 top 10 episode and to reflect that i've got that at this currently at 21st out of uh 66 episodes so it's just on the outside of the top 20 for me purely on the fact that that olivia julia stuff's in it that wasn't in it this could be very much a lot higher on the list so uh yeah i think this is a great episode with so much good for it and just one small bad thing about it yeah, I think I'm I'm there with you for most of what you're saying. I just think that, um, you know, well, let me start with the good stuff. I, you know, I, I think that this, this final scene's really good. I think basically every scene that's got Matt or Kimber in it in this episode is really, and that's quite nice that, you know, because that, that's something I've had a problem with this season. So for me to be saying that, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel better. Um, yeah, and obviously the stuff with Sean and Eden is really good. Um but there is some problems and you know and uh, for me I'm, I'm not really jiving on the main patient i think that there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes nowhere um you know I'm, I'm not a fan of the obviously the scene we talked about with the um with julia and olivia I'm, I'm not really overly keen on that stuff um and i just think we kind of belabor the point of kind of getting julia and christian together in this episode it just feels like it takes a bloody long time to get there um, with a lot of superfluous nonsense in between. So um, I'd say this is one that's got high highs and, and low lows. You know, it is really good. And so I think on the balance of things, it's probably a rent for me. So I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Well, you've broken your uh, bin streak. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. And it's definitely it's definitely a big improvement on what we've had, in the, from my perspective anyway, on what we've had in the last few episodes. I think um, it feels like we're... we're um, we've, we've dived the depths in, in terms of this little run for me and it feels like, um, and if we're going to kind of move into previewing the next episode, I think that there's there's a hell of a lot of fun stuff to talk about in the next episode too. So um, it feels like we've maybe got as, as bad as it's going to get, at least for a little while, <laughs> um, and we can start talking about some fun stuff again. So we get a, our third Christmas episode. I, I'd actually forgotten we had um, even more than one Christmas episode here, and now we're about to talk about the third one. Um, and so, yeah, this is um, this this next one is an interesting Christmas episode, um, Duke Collins. Um, there is, uh, yeah, some some interesting scenes to talk about here in this this one. I feel um, I think there's another really big scene in this next one. Um, interestingly played out. I keep using the I word. Sorry to keep repeating it, but um, I think it is a, an apt an apt way of talking about this because um, you know whether it's good or bad is is an interesting story. But I think it definitely is um, interesting, regardless of whether you like it or not to talk about. 
Yeah, I always forget there's uh, more Christmas episodes as well. I mean, this maybe is the least memorable out of the ones we've had so far, but not necessarily for bad or good reasons. I mean, you know, there's still stuff in it that's good and bad, but... um. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I like the, uh, the character of, uh, was it Rachel, Raquel, however you say her name is, the, um, the, the burn sort of counselor that Matt will have. Um, so I, I kind of like sort of what will come with her character. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely some interesting stuff, uh, with it that, uh, as always will be fun to talk about. And Annie's back. Yes, I think well, with you. So. Yes, yes. I think whether you um, whether you like love or or dislike this this episode is probably going to rely on how much you like Christmas carols, really, um, because I think in the midst of some 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 pretty good scenes, there's um, a lot of Christmas music, and um, if that's something that you find distracting or annoying, then it, it might be something that uh, kind of takes you out of the episode. But um, um, we will we will discuss that all in, in due course next week. Indeed, we shall, Nick, and as always, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, me too. And, uh, you know, for now, you can uh, make sure you hit us up in all the usual spots, be it Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, you can give us a rating on iTunes. We always really appreciate that. Um, but, no, it's been been fun bringing this one to you um, and good to talk about a NipTuck episode that I actually, for the most part, enjoyed. So that's always good. Um, but uh, until next time, um, I'm Nick, and uh, you don't have to tell me about the spiritual benefits of Young Crossing. And my name is Ben, and the sexual permutations are frying my brain. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.